Hello, hello, this is Ricky Rod, and welcome to a very special episode of Welcome to the Bomb House podcast. So this episode features a very good friend of mine, a drummer, um, and now partner in a new business venture. His name is Luke Anderson. Uh, we have released uh, some drum sample packs through multitracks.com, and we thought it would be a good idea to do a podcast episode just you know, talking about the process of making the samples, why Luke wanted to make the samples. And we also dive into to his background into drumming, growing up in the Pacific Northwest. Also, you'll meet a good friend of mine, Chandon Banger, who's a worship leader and guitar player who I met through Elevation Church. Good friend of mine. I thought he would be great to sit in with us and talk with Luke. So, man, we loved making this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, and just to follow up, make sure to follow Luke at his Instagram, Luke Who Else. And you can also find me at, at Ricky Rod on Instagram. All right. God bless. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Peace. Well, okay. Let's get this party started. Hey, guys. What's up? Welcome to the studio. Thanks. Everybody Happy good? to be here. Yeah. Very pumped. Nice. Well, just to let our audience know what happened today. We tracked some drums, we made some drum samples, captured some video. So let's talk about why we are doing the drum samples for multi-tracks. You want to start with that first? Yeah, I mean, we can start wherever. Um, you know, I just thought it'd be really good to have that on my resume, and I want to get into college at some point, and uh, I just think... <laughs> college is important. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know anything that you can show that you stick to for long periods of time, you know, might help with community college or, you know, like when you send your college application, you're just uploading your drum samples. No, I just want to like, should you send like worship fail videos? I mean, that's another good point, right? It's similar to why I started a worm farm, just, (laughs) just different things, you know, just different things I've stuck to that I can show that I'd be a good candidate for the community. So, I think it's important to introduce who's talking right now. So this is Ricky Rod. Uh, we're recording out of my studio here at Bomb House. Which Bomb House is amazing. Uh, yeah. Thank you, sir. And then we have Mr. Luke Anderson. Luke, introduce yourself. I'm Luke. Uh, he said Luke Anderson. I normally online people a lot of times see me as Luke who else or Luke Holsey. Um, <laughs> mispronounced. Holsey. A lot of people Holsey. think that's my last name. Yeah. Luke Wholesale. <laughs> Um, Luke yeah, Wholesale. Um, and then we got Chandon. Yeah. Chandon, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Chandon. Uh, not really sure why I'm here, but... You're uh, here because you're a friend. Yeah. You're a friend. You're an f- amazing videographer. Um, Thanks, man. You, I mean, personally, I I really dislike the thought of having to be in front of a camera, yeah. having to try to be candid. Um, normally, it feels very uncandid. Chandon has a way of making it feel like the camera never started. And a lot of times we'll do shoots that, like a five-minute video, we'll do one take of a five-minute video. And you look back and you're like, wow, that feels so edited together and perfect. I don't want to change the single thing. I will say the last two videos you posted on your Instagram have been stellar. That's yeah, and that's kind of what I'm saying is not yeah. – I, I people are like, man, that was really good. I'm like, it has nothing to do with me because I've tried to make videos before and they just seem so stiff and un- – yeah. 
unhuman. You know what I mean? I think we're yeah. just a good team. We work yeah. really well. Together. Right. Like Shannon will just say, all right, whenever you, you just start, man. And the sounds. It's crazy. Yeah. Sounds. Right. One of my good friends actually talked to me this week about some of the stuff you've been posting, Luke. And he always mentions your control. Just how. Like how I like talk. Your velocity. No, you're drumming. Oh. You're drumming. Your velocity. Your Did control. he say anything about my voice? He said nothing about your voice or your hair. Oh, well, nothing. We'll talk about that later. So, okay. So, um, I have a few questions for you. Yeah. So, you know, we're here obviously to talk about the drum samples. Uh, they've now been out how many months? Two months. Right? Two months. A little over two months. Done a snare pack. We've done two snare packs right now. Three. Really? Yeah. I can't even remember. Well, the and I'm fir- the, make the very first release um, was two full packs. Yes. About 75 samples, roughly, give or take a few. The The third pack um, was a third only snares again pack, which a lot of people question, you know, why are you only doing snares? It's weird to release three snare packs in a row. Um, and partially why I thought that was cool was um, if I pictured myself looking for a sample and that's kind of the context of how I wanted to think about doing samples for myself is like the consumer in the studio looking for a sample they want to use. It needs to be easy. It needs to be easy. And so a lot of times when you're looking for a snare sample, you're looking through a very, very large array of sounds like oh, whistles, yeah. chimes, you know, hand snap, uh, a cymbal bell, ch- like a tambourine, then four snare sounds or six snare sounds and one's yeah. a weird flam one's a piccolo and so you really only have like a few snares out of that pack or that kit to maybe think about using and then you're thinking about having an eq and a bunch of low end so i was like man i would i personally would love to just have like i want a snare snare pack here's Boom. 70 snares yeah all within the category that you're already sort of looking for let's give them raw let's give them process Processed. let's give them Affected. The crazy stuff. So, we'll, so they could even take a raw one. We could talk about the process of that here right. in a minute. Yeah, but, that's getting a little off. But yeah, so, three so snare packs So just to out. let the audience know, was it uh, was it around the beginning of the pandemic where we worked on some music together? Correct. For Andy Elliott. Yep. For Elliott Guitars, which hopefully that'll come out soon. But yep. It's a lot of moving parts, and I don't want to give too much away, but it's a really cool idea that Andy came up with, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. And you're playing drums on it. That's the other thing we can say. And that's kind of, I mean, we've known each other for a long time. For a but long that's time. kind of what the pandemic obviously halted everything that I've been doing for the last several years. You know, yeah, um, the last at least year. five years I've been gone, roughly 150 to 180 days Man, a that's year. unbelievable. And then I went to my whole entire schedule being completely cleared within a yeah. week. Yeah. Of no traveling at all. I've only traveled five days this whole year. That's crazy. Um, so to, I remember when you were here. I don't right. think you had eaten out. No, like I hadn't uh, eaten out. there's a really cool burrito place here where the studio is at. It's called Mountain Burrito. So good. And we went and tailgated. Uh, we went and tailgated that night. I remember because we couldn't even. You can't sit in the restaurant. Right. You know, and that was and that so was, fun. That was very new because yeah. I remember thinking, well, where are we even going to sit? You're like, well, I'll just we'll literally just put down my tailgate and yeah. we'll just stand around the back of the car. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, but it was uh, good. But it was a good tracking day. I felt like uh, like we captured like some incredible sounding drum tracks that day, and then we got to talking about drums. So, right? well, yeah, I mean that honestly, it was the first kind of 
beam of light in my dark world of like, okay, 70% of my income is gone. Oh, wow. I just got a tracking gig for this little thing. Uh, And to me, it was like, oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah, I would be more than happy to drive up to your studio and track. Yeah, yeah, it went really well. It went super fast. Uh, Me and Ricky have known each other for several years. And then Ricky called me that night and was like, we need to make samples. Yeah. It wasn't even really a question. It was like, we just need to, we need to just do it. And that kind of spurred on a thought I've had for several years um, of, you know, what if I started offering samples? And quickly the thought that would come behind that was, who am I that would yeah. think that anyone would want a sample from me? Or similar to like when I people would email me to do drum lessons and I just would flat out tell them without much thought. I don't teach. I don't know. I'm not a drum teacher. And how many years are you, have you been teaching drums now? Been teaching drums for going on 11 years and I love it. Yeah. You know, I love it. Love it. Um, and so it was one of those things where I just said, okay, I don't have anything else going on. Yeah. Had the pandemic not started, I probably would have not been as open to it. Yeah. We wouldn't have had time. I don't think I would have been on the road. Yeah. I would have been on spring tour. Um, you know, I had dates in February this year, uh, 2020. In February, I had dates all the way into September for travel. Um, the all got swept off in within a week. So, yeah, uh, I didn't. I'm not saying I'm happy that the pandemic happened, but it really caused some unique it, things it to form. It opened some doors. Let's just say that it definitely so opened doors. It, it opened some doors, and so we got to work. Like we started. Like I remember, we you started making a list. Of like the snares we were going to use, we talked about like the snares you've. Let, okay, let's be honest, Chandon. Like Luke has played on some iconic, yeah, for records, sure, for like, sure, influential, no doubt, especially in the church world. And I think yeah. that's where or we're even, seeing a lot of people, even outside of that. Yeah, world. even I mean, yeah. yeah, kind of both. But it, it was it was really cool to me when we were tracking for uh, a group. I think outside of Nashville or something that requested you to play drums on we were having the conversation of like, do you really think people would buy my stuff? And I was like, heck yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, and that, yeah. And that was, that was not just trying to, you know, so many people will say, Oh, you know, I just don't deserve this, but really they think they deserve everything in the world. I truly was asking a close friend, like, dude, I really think this is just kind of ridiculous to even think that yeah. like, is this just a big waste of time? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chandon was like, yeah, dude, let's free. Yeah, like, of course. Let's go. And I was let's like, do I don't personally see that at all. Well, I can tell you from experience that I've been using samples. You know, I mix and produce a lot. Uh, we're talking 100 to 200 songs a year. So I, I've i been using samples for years. It's, it's not a dirty secret, even though if you went on YouTube, you would think it was. It's not. Samples, drum sampling has gone back to the 70s, right. even the late David 60s. David Bowie, one of my favorite yes. albums, drum samples on that. There's, so there's nothing new about samples. Right. Some of my favorite 90s rock records that we would consider like these wonderfully raw recorded to tape records all had drum samples on them. So I thought, hey, if we're going to do this, let's have... Actually, you're the one who told me, like, we need to do some pretty messed up sounds, like have fun and be creative with the samples. Right, right, right. You know, and I think when you mentioned that, uh, I just sort of had like an epiphany, you know, uh, 
it's going to be fun. We're going to have, how long are we going to do this? How long did you say? One year, two year? So you keep on extending it. One time you said one year. <laughs> it's it's never been one year after the after I said it. it immediately that one year was uh, one hundred and four weeks. <laughs> so um, so we're going to do this for well, a while. That, that shows you um, a lot of people who don't know me. They don't understand. I I really and my parents really understood this about me, and that's why they did really didn't want me to play drums uh, at all. Because once I get something in my head, it. It's never just like 60% drive to do it. It's 200%. It's 200%. I can't not. It's like people are like, oh, man, have you ever thought about doing something else? I'm like, absolutely not. I don't even have energy to think about something else. So what Luke is explaining is the heart of an entrepreneur. That's what you got. That's what you have. I guess so. Yeah, Um, that's what it is. But so I I actually, me and Ricky have not talked about this at all, but... So here's, I, I don't want to shift gears too hard, but I do want to jump into this really quick and ask Ricky. Oh, boy. So we, we went from this <laughs> small little phone call. Yeah. And within 10 days, I think I counted, it went from, I don't know anything about creating my own samples. Obviously, I know how to put a mic up and get capture yeah. a snare sound. But other than that, I don't know how to package it. I don't know uh, how to market it. I don't have a website. I don't have anything to actually sell it. I don't even know actually quite how to use it. I mean, I know how to pull it into a program, but how yeah. do you sell it to someone professionally to make it yeah, like state of the art with all the other samples in the world? And Ricky was like, I got it. And yeah. so, but here's the thing was, is I immediately bought Luke Anderson samples.com luke who else.com yeah i bought one other one which i actually might use in the future so i'm not going to tell you right now but um and then i actually traded work i traded all my samples that had yet to be recorded to a guy to do graphic design work and create the website for me perfect and then so ricky finds (laughs) i don't even know if i told ricky i was doing all that and then within 24 hours, I call Ricky and say, we're going to multi-tracks. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was like, oh, frick. And okay. you were like, okay. okay uh, let's do it. Let's go. And then as quickly as I got that guy to start designing my website and like graphics, and I called him probably within eight hours of that and said, don't even worry about it, dude. I have a meeting with multi-tracks. We're going to release yeah, everything with I, multi-tracks. I remember that. And then we met, uh, then you introduced me to Jesse. At Multitracks, who's Correct. been a godsend. Jesse, if you're listening, like... Truly smooth, phenomenal. Smooth. Completely smooth. It's been a great experience. It and really he's has. he. I feel like he's as driven as I am oh, with, yeah. with my ideas and with just like... I, I just... Like, I'll wake up and the very first thing I think about is like, oh my gosh, we need to do that. And I'm texting Jesse like before the coffee's even brewed. Oh, yeah. And he's right there, always responding, no matter how late. Any idea we pitch... Um, he's either right on board or he has a way to even make it better. Yeah, I've been super impressed with them and and the support. So, And we've gotten some great feedback from the community. Yeah. I know some friends of mine have reached out to me and and they've been like adamant about certain samples, you know, uh, that they're using. And we love that. So if anybody has any feedback on these, please reach out to us. And you can pick all all the samples we release – are on multitracks.com. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to find them, drum samples. Um, but I mean, the... we could bribe our audience to get us to number one at some point. <laughs> yeah. like, but I, I mean, let's I think be that, honest. that goes to say for itself, like even with the samples from what I've, I've heard be created. Cause I've been there through the process. Yeah. I think it's cool that 
there's really nothing else on the market specifically like this. I know we talk about samples have been a thing forever, but at the same time, it's so user-friendly that you have everything from the very raw. So if you're like a producer, an editor, whatever you want to do, you can drag that thing in and do whatever you want to with it if you want a raw sample, or you can go for the full processed. Yeah, it's crazy. And we, so that's, so we can talk about that real quick because. I did want to say really quick, just with where you can buy them every single month, and you touched on this earlier, Every single month, the first week of the month, we are releasing a new pack of some kind. It might be snares. It might end up being, we've talked about doing a cymbal pack um, yep. or an auxiliary pack, which would be like tambourine shakers. And we have a really bells. special series. We're not going to. It is We, we so, cannot say, I don't want to give it away yet. But it's, it's so exciting. I, it's I really, so that just to let you know when that's going to release, we're actually going to release that starting in February. Okay. All right. First week of February will be the first release of what we're talking about. And I really don't want to even flirt with any other details. So just so so everybody knows, I think I have about 2,200 samples in my computer. That's that incredible. have yet to be released. Yeah. So That's, um, a, lot. That's a lot of drum hits. Every yeah. single month, first week of the yeah. month, we're going to have new samples. This coming January, first week of January, we're going to have our first toms and first kick pack. Oh, yes. Um, so that'll kind of actually create the full kit um, yeah. with a snare packs, tom packs, kick And these packs. aren't just going to be like standard, you know, we'll have standard tom sounds. We're going to have standard kick sounds, all that good stuff. But we're exactly. going to do some, we're going to mess with these too. We, we actually found one this morning that we're going to use, I think, for some 808 type stuff. Right. And I mean, Jesse was actually asking me about this. He's like, man, that having you releasing toms is a big deal because when I think about songs you played on it, there's so many toms, like oh, yeah. Only King Forever, Unstoppable God. Like I think the whole bridge is all toms. I think Jesus, I Come, uh, well, we're getting Oh, into Come some, to the Altar. We're getting into some drumming things, but there's there's some drum patterns. And that just completely, like, set a standard. Like, there are drum beats now, when I produce worship records for churches, like, there's verses that I know what we're going to do for the verse because Elevation did it. You know, right. I'm being right. completely It's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, it really is, because you just feel like you're, you're trying to do the best you can always. And Well, in the worship world, I think you can divvy up the sounds of worship between the West Coast and in the east coast totally right and and there's a there's a sound there's no nothing wrong like whatever you dig you've got everything in between however i am i realize i may be completely biased but there's a sound elevation that's not nashville right it's not west coast it's not australia right you know it's elevation and let's just be honest it's not 13 minute songs yeah yeah, you know, I'm from the West Coast, and I was really used to being raised on worship music that was very almost, in a sense, unproduced. You played like open style stuff too, right? I mean, I've seen totally. You in that. Yeah, yeah I've, so I've seen like, you in that atmosphere, it's awesome. Well, and so we think West Coast, and a lot of times people will, will affiliate that to the the name Bethel. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I, uh, Bethel. Maybe I think, they won't have shoes on. I think. Deep sounding snare drums. Deep sounding <laughs> snare drums. Um, Nothing wrong know, with that. They're great. Very, very like prayer house music almost. Yes. Like where yeah. it might be 13 minutes long. There's nothing absolutely at all wrong with that. And when I, I remember actually um, 
meeting Mac and actually kind of hearing his production brain. And it was the first time where I was like, man, this is not like any worship I've ever heard, especially oh, yeah. the earlier Elevation stuff sounded yeah. like very indie rock, uh, very raw, energetic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very much cutting its own thread. Man, that's... Did you even so, say that, cutting its own thread? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could say that. But just, just for our audience, so we do come from Elevation Church. Obviously, I'm a guitar player, an MD, Chandon, uh, is part of our team as well. And so I joined seven years ago, maybe over seven years ago. And back then in PCO, you know, they had demos. Like we, we didn't have like these full produced versions of these songs. You're almost talking like voice memo demo. Yes. Yes. About the quality, that rough, like right? they would capture it live from a, from a, a rehearsal. Yes. Yeah. And be like, here, this is the song we're doing. <laughs> you know, no click. Yes. Very bled through. Like it's very un. And it, uh, it threw Unpo- me... Unpolished. In fact, I think the first Sunday I played, Mac had me with you. I uh, was with Price Stevens. Price Stevens University? was University? Yep. I remember that. Yeah, it was still set up in Teardown yeah, at the yeah. YMCA. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was the coolest thing, because we had talked about this earlier today, but when you play for a church that has clear direction, right. like we were told... This is not a suggested A. This is what, you know, you may want to play. This is what you are playing, right? Like, we were just told, and I love that. Still right. thriving that, you know? So, uh, but, so, let's talk about some of those earlier drum beats, So, Like, on those records, like, how did you guys... I mean, there's so many iconic songs. I can't, I can't count them anymore, but... Let's like, start... There are a lot. Let's start with Mighty Warrior. Like, where did that beat yeah. come from? I remember, so Mighty Warrior, um, well, let's take a quick step even further back. I remember um, kind of to explain my mindset of church, my mindset of playing music was, this might be a weird example. This is how my head works, though. Um, It's like when someone asks you, hey, do you want to come over for dinner Friday? And you're like, sure, let's come over. What are we going to eat? And they're like, we're going to have steak. Cool. So you do know some of what's going on, but you don't plan out all the conversation. It could be very helpful. You don't, you don't know where it's going to go. It might be serious. Yeah. It might, that's how I approached showing up at church ready to play for worship. It was like, you got a taste of what was going on. You kind of knew maybe the songs, but you had no idea how each song was going to go. Yeah. My first week of Elevation was like, I sent you this, I sent you the things like, uh, what, don't do that, Phil. I remember Mac being oh, like, yeah. what's that, Phil? Oh my gosh, Luke is so white. <laughs> Why is he doing that fill? I remember he's like, I, he actually told me, he goes, I remember you did that fill and I thought you may, maybe were the whitest drummer I've ever played with. That's the best thing. I've, that's and the I was best like, story I've ever heard. Yeah, I was like, okay, thanks, dude. All right, Cool dude. Nikes, white boy. Did he, you know what I mean? Like, say it was his hair dangling in his face and he had his hat on. No, but I, it was the first time where I, I literally, like I went to church <laughs> and I, I, it was like the first time where I like, I don't have to think outside of what the MP3 is. And that was actually very stretching. Yeah, yeah. Like to just learn the fills, play the parts. And just so for some history, though, you were also coming from a background where you were in a, you were in a, a mainstream band. Right. You were in Paper Tongues. Right. So how was that? Like, how do you transition from doing that? Like you were uh, on the road with Lincoln Park. Right. And then you would be playing at church on Sunday when you were home. Like, right. Well, so, I mean, we would uh, I would fly in sometimes red eye from the West Coast and land at 5 a.m. at the airport and throw my stuff in the trunk and drive straight to a campus to play. 
my god, that's crazy. And that happened for a while. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, kind of to go back to so just to give a little preset of how Elevation looked at and expected musicians to show yeah. up. Mac had a loop of a beat, and it was just a programmed. That was it. And he goes, <laughs> All right, play that. He's like, Play that. Try to play that. And so we start working through um, Mighty Warrior. And and then slowly you kind of start getting the vibe and the kind of the flow. And I'm like, Man, this is just not like a worship tune. I've never really seen a like where the drums kind of is the forefront of the song. Like, oh, yeah. Right. Like the, you know, when you hear a song and the drums start it and you know what song it is. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Several drummers reached out and were like, dude. Sick. Like, I didn't even know what it's the killer. song was, but just hearing the drums, it was like, wow, that's a worship tune and the drums is like the thing. And not that the song, like lyrics and everything else is there, but again, it was, I always took it as the approach of the drums kind of more as just the backbone or whatever the yeah. melody and the lyrics and the worship's doing. And it's kind of a background thing it's not like that to me was the first time i was like this kind of reminds me of like a foo fighter song so right. you basically created nightmares for all the drummers <laughs> that play for the church is what you did well i don't know about that uh, but i think you did i remember uh i do remember uh to even jump back further um only king forever um starting with those that big tom section but that was my I was audition like, song. Man, that and the Katy Perry song. Pretty and sure. I was just thinking, man, <laughs> That's what like I auditioned. this, and that was if you even if you listen to stuff now, like the evolution of it and where we're at now, it's changed a lot. But I think that's that's a healthy thing. It's but changed, but no. it still sounds like elevation. Like when we go into a bridge, toms yeah. are still there. Right? Oh right. right, yeah, and Tom. People are like, man, you guys just do Tom, 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 Tom. I'm like. Yeah, but you also, like, now it's, like, the safe thing to almost do toms. And yeah. you hear a lot of people writing with toms. And Aaron's production, like, with that stuff, is right. even, like, next. It's gotten better yeah. every project. Right, and you learn kind of how, like, you want you want the drums to be its own hook, but yeah. you don't want it to be distracting from another hook. So you kind of almost, like, it has to kind of marry in. But I remember actually thinking, man, doing all these, like, edgy up-front tom groups is actually kind of kind of risky and edgy wow. for like a worship group to do that. Yeah. And now, and then yeah. four or five years That's later, standard. it's the standard. Every, every church starts playing only, uh, only King forever. And, and then they're like, Oh yeah, dude, like the Toms, that's like awesome. Like what? I'm like, well, I mean, it wasn't, it was like max vision, like really committing to something, being okay with pushing the envelope a little bit. I remember yeah. a guy from Atlanta came and he was like, dude, I didn't know you were going to be at this campus. You know, I think he came to hang with Mac and was yeah. like, man, like you guys kind of created a new thing that's yeah. now become what people try to mimic. And that's it's awesome. when you're in yeah. it, you don't think about anything like that. Dude, I remember you're just doing church. I remember just being a part of different worship ministries and us getting to the bridge of only King forever, that open hack kind of groove. And people were like, no, let's do like eight bars of that. Let's not cut it short at all. Let's just let's yeah, encompass the whole whole part of the drums. And it's like the whole intro, not just, you know, come in on the where the guitars come in. But I, I think really the drums and guitars being the forefront of 
a lot of the the projects you've played on have really impacted a lot of people, including myself. Just like it's it gives crazy. guitar players and drummers and bassists and and all like hope that it's not just a digital world. You know, there's oh yeah, there's a lot of instrumentation still left to be right. I used. mean, I remember specifically on that like. And uh, I remember uh, it was one of those moments where we were in pre-production and me and Dominic, um, one of our other drummers. Dom uh, Gerald. Yeah. he. Yep. Uh, we were in his in this music What's warehouse and uh, there's a video we found of it where we were trying to figure out how to make that part work or how, how it was going to be. And obviously we had a full auxiliary setup with electronic samples. Yeah. Huge, you know, 40 inch kick drums. Like, it's pretty unique. It was really cool, man. And so we were like, one drummer, one drummer can do this. And that's actually how it started. And then. So you've done that with Dom and Vincent, right? Like if you. Yes. Yeah. And Lee Worley. Oh, I remember Lee. Um, We did an Easter with Lee back in the day. We had a blast. Yeah. It was great. Talk about trailblazer yeah he was yeah big time you told me this a while back but big time so only king forever album when you were recording live you lost the click right yeah for what two three songs yep and so you just had to kind of pioneer your way through you want to talk about uh mighty warrior (laughs) i did not know this okay so um what early on early on we're still learning how to run tracks and obviously this is not even to like, this is not a secret. We're like, Oh my gosh, we had tracked choir. You can't have 40 people sing on stage with yep. all those open mics and yep. try to have ISO drums. ISO. So obviously we recorded the live choir before and just loaded it into the session Yeah, because we're doing a live recording. Yeah. We're trying to ISO stuff as much as possible. And, um, a third of the way through only King or a uh, mighty warrior. I look over and the computer just is, has this spinning, you know, Apple circle. Oh so there's that the song. If you actually listen, that song is not to click and you, no one ever knows. Matter of fact, all multi-tracks, it's not a consistent BPM. If you download yeah. it, yeah, right. there you it go. fluctuates. That's great. So people are like, what did you do? I'm like, uh, played. We just, <laughs> what, what, do you want me to stop? <laughs> like, you know, that well, that awesome. song's only going to be a minute 13. <laughs> So yeah, but and then uh, on uh, "Unto Your Name" again, it stopped before the bridge, and we just kept playing. It's yeah, a classic, and uh, yeah. it was funny. James Duke was with us, which is another. Yeah. He's kind of like the older brother to me that really inspired me to you know grow as much as I could, um, be as diligent as possible, don't take anything for granted. I mean, he he literally is like the older brother of most people in Charlotte, yeah. in in especially in the worship world, but. Um. <laughs> afterwards, he was like, "Man, that was really fun." Whole album's done. Work. Everyone's high fiving, and I'm just like in the dumps. Like those two songs don't have a click. Oh my god. <laughs> Max, like, we'll, we'll, dude, it's get right. over it, man. Like, right. he was pissed at me for having a bad attitude. I'm really? like, yeah. He's like, get over it, man. We'll be good. We'll be figured out. And then wow. Jacob Arnold comes downstairs. He's another iconic guy. Yeah, great drummer. Yeah. And he was engineering the project, and he goes, "Man." That went so smooth, and I said, yeah, except for the songs that didn't have click. And he goes, y'all didn't have click on some of the songs? <laughs> he goes, I couldn't tell. And James goes, that's awesome. What songs didn't have click? <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe I'm the only one that noticed. That is great. Well, I mean, you know how Ableton works. I'm sure a lot of drummers oh, yeah. know how Ableton oh, yeah. works. When when something gets disconnected, like the interface disconnects, it automatically pauses yeah. wherever it was disconnected. 
if it automatically reconnects, like if you wiggle the cable and it maybe acknowledges that there's an interface hooked up to it, yeah, it will automatically play the second the interface is back available. Yeah, and so I wiggled the the cord and it finally and it, acknowledged. And then the only thing in Mighty Warrior, the only thing that was playing was the choir tracks in that chorus. <laughs> so it just came in, oh, songs great. done, were swelled out, and then I wiggled the cord. And you, I'm feeling you, you like heard the choir. All of a sudden, the choir goes. And, every, and then I freeze it. I pause it, and, and everyone in the auditorium claps. Like, Woo. wow, man! <laughs> I felt like Frodo. Boy, nowadays we have redundancy for that, right? Like, oh yeah. Like, I mean, we don't even drummers even... don't even fire. I know. We just sit there and play drums. I mean, it's like, good God, what kind of world is that? Why do we even show up? <laughs> but that even that even goes to speak to the the concept of back then. Like it was so heavy on the instrumentation side. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. if the tracks cut out. It would be very noticeable. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, it is. It is, and just even just even in a front of house mix yeah. perspective. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It, it's just you know that's a trend. Like trends will change over the years in music and worship music, and like as musicians, we sort of adjust to that. So right. that's a good thing. Like, how have you adjusted? Because I've seen you play it in every situation. You've always killed it, you know. But is there anything you think about, like uh, with like making? tweaks or changes like when the styles have changed like we've gone a more gospel direction the last right. couple of years you know like is there anything you're doing differently drum wise like other than you know like are you preparing differently or are you just you know i don't know um yes and no yeah. um yes because i always feel like every season you're in feels like it's a little bit of a stretch because you are always moving forward somewhat um yeah but just even the way of like i'm not necessarily going to run the same uh exercises or whatever every season but i am always running exercises that are stretching so yeah. like even even finding now I, f I find myself working on things that cause a lot more independence yeah which caters to helping kind of learn some more gospel stuff and honestly gospel stuff is it's not like it's not a natural tendency for me to just yeah do gospel as a, as a guitar player for me it's i mean even though i grew up playing what we would consider Southern gospel, right. which is more like country with a little bit of black gospel. Yeah, like you know, what I'm barely saying? salted peanuts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I think as a musician, being at, at elevation has like every season, it's challenging. Like right. it's just, right, right. Uh, it's a different, a different thing. And I just prepare differently. My tones have changed over the years. Some of the guitars I play over the years, like, have you changed your snares, your kicks ever? I mean, I've got like 25 snare drums right now. Only twenty five, um, only twenty five. Maybe I maybe only have twenty three. Like I, I am getting rid of snares often and replace uh, tr trading snares, selling certain snares. Should we tell the audience snares. about the ones you lost when your car got stolen? Uh, I actually, I only lost one. <laughs> I had six in the that trunk. That happened, y'all. That happened. Yikes! I had six snare drums in the trunk and. <laughs> The dudes took out one. That's and not left. funny. I shouldn't be laughing, but Here's it was the thing. A, I show up Sunday at the campus, <laughs> and you're like, "Dude, uh, my uh, my car got stolen." Like, it, didn't, it didn't just get stolen; it got totaled an hour yeah, later. Totaled. <laughs> my favorite part of that entire story was the fact when we were talking on the phone about it. You said you didn't tell your wife till the next morning because she was already <laughs> I sleeping. I did yeah, not know was. that. Really. <laughs> I just thought that was incredible. I was like, my wife would kill me if I did that. I went home. I went home after talking to the cops. It was like one in the morning by the time. The, <laughs> and I called. I called 911. 
first of all, you don't call 911 to just report that you've thought of some more stuff that was in your car. <laughs> what did they tell you? You so need to call they the said, police station? 911, uh, it's emergency. And I said, yeah, my car was stolen. It's already reported stolen. But I actually remembered I had some symbols in the car, too. Can you add that? And she said, sir, which county? And I said, that's great. Union. And she goes, we don't have that car stolen in Union County. We One was just reported in Mecklenburg County, wrecked. I said, that one. And that one had symbols in it, too. I told him it was only snares. <laughs> so did you did you have a police investigator? Did you have to call the detective or somebody? Or? So she goes, let me search. Okay, there were symbols. And I said, C-Y-M-B-A-L-S. <laughs> Not S, not Egyptian, like, like it wasn't symbols. She's not a drummer. So I was like, yeah, just add that. I just need to know in case they find them. Do you think we can find that recording? So because I called 911, because I called 911 and not just a police phone number. I don't know the police phone number. Yeah. Am I going to ask for Ron or what's the guy's name? I don't know. So I called 911. So... Here's the th- the thing that sucked is it's it's now 3 a.m. I still can't sleep. I'm watching The Last Alaskans after my car stolen, <laughs> thinking about wanting to just go into isolation. Just oh minimalism at its at minimalism. Its yeah, like I'm just want my dogs to have this fresh salmon. That's my one worry in life. So, a few seconds after the phone call, like let's say five minutes, there's a cop car comes up to my house and knocks on the door middle of the night my dogs are going haywire oh, my wife and son don't wake up and i said he goes is there a problem here and i said officer i told the lady that there's no problem and he goes that's oh, mandatory that we come by and check i said yeah no problem and went back inside and then 20 minutes later the guy I probably should have called i didn't have his number though called me and said dude got your car it's in mecklenburg county it's totaled you're going to have to go to write this address down. You're going to have to go to this impound lot. So I went the next morning, told my wife, you know, <laughs> lost my car. And her first words were, so we're not going to get it back. <laughs> you think it's totaled. I said, I haven't even seen it yet, but they told me it's totaled. And hey, I went. To your credit, you killed it that Sunday. Even with all that going on. Bro. So <laughs> even with all that going here's, on. here's one perk. It's not even a perk. Take that back. It's not a perk at all. We lost. I had six snares, lost one. Yeah. The five were in there and the symbols. And in the front seat, there was a brand new pair of orange Nikes that they left. In oh, Jordans, vehicle. right? They yeah. Left, no, no, no. They left the Nikes. Uh, what, what are the Air Force ones? Air Force. Yeah. Yeah. They were nice. So I told, yeah, I told my wife to bring them to like used store. I don't know what you even call it. <laughs> the used store. Like a consignment? A yeah, like, store. let's sell them and buy knock something. <laughs> so that's not really a perk of the story, but um, I don't it's, even know how we got on that. I just thought that was really interesting, and everybody needs to hear that story. It forced you to go from a white car to a black car, which is Yeah, awesome. same model, right? The same model, four years newer. Yeah, yeah. 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 I thought it was right. awesome. I yeah, so, I mean, awesome. it works out. Stuff works out, but that was very, emotionally, that was a big bummer. So... I, there are two more things I want to cover. We we can wrap up whenever, but um, the like when we started, we're gonna get back to the samples. Like you were very <laughs> adamant, you were very adamant. I remember when you were tuning your snares 
Like you were right. giving me like brief histories. He was giving me like the 63 acrylate and all these snares. And uh, can you talk about, because we've talked about, about this, but we've talked about like the value of the heads you use, the lugs, uh, right, just right. the way you hit it affects the sample. Yeah. Right. Um, and that that's actually something I think across the board can is kind of annoying for me to hear. So many people are so so concerned about the head they use. I learned the that by stick the way. They from used him. the the you know the metal that's in this snare. It's so 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 much of drumming because it's not that you're just positioning your fingers in a chord chord position and then the yeah. the chord sounds like that on the guitar. Obviously, so much of it comes down to the tone in your fingers and such for guitar, but so much of someone's personality. And that's why so many drummers are so similar and why we would be walking through an airport and there'd be eight of us and people several times would say, you're the drummer. I don't know what any of those other guys do, but I know you're, you're the drummer. You're the drummer. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. And the more I realized that is drums has to do so much, so much of the person's personality, their timidness, their aggressiveness, their yep. spontaneity, their charisma, their confidence all comes out in the tone, the energy, the vibe of the drums, how how in tune your body is as a whole. And that's where I'm like... It, yeah. What he's saying is it matters how they're hit, period. It, it matters. Like it, it matters. It, the drummer makes something what it is. And yeah. now I'm not saying that... It, it, and it is gear, so don't get me wrong. It, it's very much about gear, and I think... It's important to be passionate but, but about you what you every, play. You have every price range of snare drum. Oh, one of my favorite snares cost me a hundred bucks. Yeah, and uh, truly, and people don't believe me when I say that. I'm like, I recorded only King Forever with a snare. I think total it was one fifty. What, what I got it for? Wow. Um, that whole entire album was on a five by fourteen hundred and fifty dollars snare. No one believes me, and no one believes me that there's Evan heads on it. And I'm like. And people are like, you can yeah. tell. I've even had this argument. You can tell a Remo head versus an Evans head. I said, okay, tell me what album had Remo. Tell me what album had Evans from Elevation. It's like not one comment. Really? It, it, yeah, because I'm trying to prove a point of it has to do, like, if you're a, a non-confident human, it doesn't matter how expensive the snare is or how perfectly the drums tune. You're going to hear that in confidence or the unconfident person coming yeah. through. You're 100% uh, right. Yes. And so, so much more is like, yeah, does good gear matter? Yeah, it matters. But first, like, the thing that's going to generate the sound matters a whole lot more. And so I would say, instead of being so concerned about getting a $5,000 kit, take $3,000 of that and buy two years of lessons. Like, be confident in what you're playing. Like <laughs> and then it doesn't matter what you sit down on. Man, like, that's, man you're, you know making, what I'm saying? you're making a point that's really resounding with me. So uh, every, you know, every couple of years we have different roles at our church. And right. I was at a smaller campus for the last couple of years with musicians half my age. <laughs> and I was called the band dad. So, <laughs> truly but, half your age. Like, you're talking 17-year-olds. Truly. Right. And, uh, but let me tell you... Uh, I watched my band like grow in confidence. I watched them really turn into a juggernaut. It was really fun to watch, but it was because of the confidence. Right. And it right, all right, started right, right, with right. my drummer. If And that was always something. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what church you're at. Uh, if you're an MD, a musician, 
it really starts with the drummer. Worship, right. our elevation worship, it just starts with the drums. Right. It just does. It just does. Well, and to kind of go on that point, it, I feel like drums is one of those instruments, and I'm sure every instrument has this um, same reality in a different form, but let's say you only know three chords on a guitar you can play those three chords and probably play a decent handful of well-known popular songs with three, oh, or four, yeah. with three or four chords. Now, you might know those three chords well enough and play through a song where someone says, man, that's great. I don't assume he only knows those three chords, but for the for to play those songs, he really has everything he needs in order to do that. With drums, like you don't just learn a simple beat and know how to master the simple beat with perfect tone and technique and dynamics and velocity going. It just sounds bad. Doesn't yeah. You can't really hide behind like one beat. Because yeah. then your, your tone in your snare is bad. Your tone in your hi-hat is bad. Your velocity of your kick is inconsistent. It just is so much harder to hide behind being an intermediate or beginner drummer. Like you just, it just stands out as bad yes. until yes. you actually get to a certain level and then it's like, oh, wow. Now it doesn't matter, like if he plays a simple beat or, like his, sounds good, right? So yeah. I, I I feel like if someone learns four chords, they're like, oh wow, I could play the song, and you they might not know anything beyond that, but you don't necessarily know that just from hearing them play that four chord song. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got you. You just suck as a drummer until you're good, and there's yeah. you can't really hot you can't fake yeah. your way through not well, having good. It, tone it goes in your to hands. show what's practiced is like memorized in your muscles, right? And exactly. So, so like learning a learning how to hit, um, you know everyone. I mean, yeah, we could beat a dead horse with this yeah, conversation. Yeah, I got you. But you get it. Yes, you get, like hundred percent, hundred percent. It's like confident. Singer, what you do. a singer can't just only sing one song perfect and have perfect vibrato and and uh, breath control and all this stuff. They just they just sound bad until they start to sound good over time, and then whatever they sing is affected by their skill set. Right. Yeah. Very similar to drums in that. Right. Case. Yeah. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. Cause they're, man, you told me the craziest story this week about your first drum kit. Yeah. Like how your mom found your first drum kit. Have you heard the story, Chandon? I don't know if I've heard it. This is, this is pretty legit. And, and I also want you to talk about like how old were you, how old you were when you first wanted to like, you knew you wanted to be on the worship team, like at church. Oh right, yeah. Like, but yeah, yeah. Talk about um, that. So I, this is interesting. Most people didn't have this start when they wanted to play. Um, I come from a large family. I have six sisters and a brother, um, all by the same two parents. Um, my parents and my grandma lived at the house, and we normally had a Bible school student or two females that would share rooms with different ones of my sisters. So we had a very large house, very full all the time. Um, and I wanted to play drums and my parents said, I've literally wanted to play drums before I can even remember. There's pictures of me, like obviously playing with pots and pans and chopsticks. And then like literally using a whole roll of duct tape and my dad getting pissed. Cause it was like 30 bucks <laughs> and I taped together five, five gallon buckets That's and like great. made a drum set. And I remember playing, I didn't want to play worship music. I don't know why I didn't want to when I was like seven, but I would sing. I remember watching the Olympics and learning the, this Coca-Cola song. <laughs> and so I would just play drums to this Coca-Cola jingle. That's great. Um, That's great. Yeah. And then, but uh, my parents actually made me take, my mom was like, okay, if you play piano for four years. Oh, wow. Um, and take lessons with your sisters, then 
it'll show that you're serious about music and we'll think about getting you a drum set. So I took lessons from eight to 12, how to do piano recitals. Um, wow. And I hated it at the time, but it taught me rhythm. It taught me basic theory. It taught me how to play with a metronome. It taught me how to sight read. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. It gave me a good foundation in just like chord structure. So um, how, progressions. how old were you when, when she got you your first kid? You got to tell that. I was 12. Um, and for Christmas, uh, no, sorry for my birthday. Uh, they, I opened up all the presents and they were like, all right, you're all done. And then they're like, Oh, should we have one more? It's downstairs. And I ran downstairs and it was this, uh, four piece drum set. I didn't know anything about drums at all. I had no clue. And so, I was freaking out. It didn't even have symbols. It had one 1920s looking like soldier hat. It was like, it had a bell like four inches tall and it was like eight inches. It looked like a, almost like a really, really old bull (laughs) with a hole underneath. You know what I'm talking about? Very old and very brass sounding. Yeah. A lot of metal bands still use them. Zill dude. So, so Zill, Zill bell. I can't remember what they're called. So, but it was like, it was like, it looked like, it looked like dirty old green, like a, like it was sounded horrible. That was the only symbol that came with it. But so eventually I got a little bit of money saved up. I wanted to bring my snare down to the uh, music store, which was Hoffman music at the time. Guitar center was non-existent or it wasn't in our city. And I go down there and the guy's like, wow, oh my gosh, this snare is amazing. My dad's with me and he's like, yeah, we got that, uh, my mom, uh, my my uh, his mom bought the whole kit for, from a grandma for thirty bucks at a garage sale. At a right? garage sale, <laughs> and all the drums were pushed into the kick drum that had one head. Yeah. So was, they like pretty much brought the kick drum home, and it had the floor tom and rack tom and snare and everything pushed into the. So the guy's like thirty bucks, and he's like he's like Slingerland. My dad's like ah oh, Slingerland, man. He's like. Thought thought the name was like kind of a joke. It was brand. just cheap. You thought it was yeah, like just Slingerland. Trash. You know that's not that's like got to be a joke. Found a four piece Slingerland. Four piece kit Slingerland for kit for thirty bucks, and it that's ended up great. being a nineteen sixty four. Wow, gold sparkle Slingerland four piece kit. Like wow. that's like a sought after finish, <laughs> like an original right. finish. Gold too. sparkle. <laughs> yeah, like and. and and Slingerland is like one of those. So like, it was a god iconic, thing from the beginning, Luke. God I, thing from the beginning. That's like an iconic, legendary, like tons of guys playing jazz. There's Slingerland kits on oh, yeah. the old late night shows oh, or yeah. like where the Beatles played. Slingerland was right. a big kit back then. Um, and so the guy was like 30 bucks and he's like, this is a 1964 Slingerland. He's like, bring down the full kit. So we piled the kit in, brought it down. They were raving after. I still, um, it's actually in Spokane, Washington, that kit. How cool um, is that, man? But yeah, that's where I got my start and it was... Is that it when you made your never... worship leader like let you start jamming? No. So I, I was so I didn't even understand what being on a worship team could do or be as far as like getting skill. Yeah. You know, I had my eyes set on like I'm gonna start a rock band and become the world's greatest thing. And so I started doing that. My friend got a guitar for Christmas and I had one of those tape recorders where you push record and tape or play at the same time to record on a tape. Yeah. And we'd set it about 20 feet away with a blanket over it so it wouldn't distort. Um, and Man, that was my first that. band. That was my very first band. And we record demo after demo after demo. And it was summertime actually. And I realized that the worship team had a worship practice and I didn't know anything about that, but I wanted to be around people that played music. And so every week all summer, 
or every couple weeks or whatever, I'd, I'd be like, Mom, you got to call the worship leader to find out when worship practice is starting. And his name's Evan. He'd be like, yeah, we, uh, we, uh, um, we're not doing worship practice until the fall. And he said, I probably called, made my mom call him 12 times throughout the summer. Like, mom, just find out when maybe they're going to be starting. And so she used to drop me off every Wednesday and I'd watch for four hours. They wouldn't even let me play. I would just sit and watch every single week. Like I remember bringing pair drum sticks. I play on my legs, air drum. That is great. And then after probably a year of that, I, they let me play the shaker because we had a full percussion set. <laughs> That's great. And That's a, a promotion. And I played the shaker. Is and there I, a video? I, dude. We need to find a video. I this. would fix my hair. I'd gel it up. LA look seven. And I'd be all <laughs> spiffed out. Dude, like, it was such a big deal to me. That's so cool. And I remember getting on the schedule. You'd get a printout thing mailed to your house. Luke Anderson. Wow. And I remember, seeing, I remember seeing, like, Luke Anderson percussion number two. And I'd go and like play the shaker. Yeah, that man. was huge. That was huge, yeah. and that led. I was practiced. that the same worship leader that got you plugged in though? Yeah, like, didn't you yeah, say? Yeah, and then he, I ended up starting a band with. Uh, it sort of was some cover music with original music, but it was like bass player that was thirty, guitar player in their mid twenties. I was sixteen. Man, and they were like they were getting gigs at different bars in around town, and I remember my dad like my dad's on staff at the church is one of the pastors and they're, they're like trying to clear <laughs> like it with him. Like 16 year olds going down to Mootsie's, you know, grub and pub, That's you know? And like, I remember That's having great. to wait in a, in a, in a janitor closet in a mop closet, a mop closet a mop until closet. it was our time to perform on stage. Cause I was too young to be in a bar. <laughs> and so it started young and I, it's like, I guess I caught the fever and never turned back. That's you know? so cool. But yeah, That's awesome. So That's yeah, amazing. samples buy them. Yes. Get them all. So any final thoughts, anybody? Everybody good? Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say that I, I could say that the process has been great. I've really enjoyed doing this, and it's going to go for a long time. We've been really creative. And it, I think, you know, in my world, uh, I'm working in a lot of different music every day. Uh, this past couple of weeks has been insane. Just before Christmas and the, the, the Christmas time, this is when we're recording this. And it's actually been a change of pace to work on this project. It's been actually one of my favorite things. So I, I can say that, you know, and, and the feedback again has been, uh, we've it's been so encouraging, it, super, super encouraging. Um, also, I really do feel like, you know, we have a lot of stuff planned for the next two years, obviously, cause we're already kind of thinking, how are we going to release stuff every month for 24 months? Yeah. But um, that really feels like the start of something. It doesn't yep. feel like that's going to be feels like great. the end all. I feel like first 24 months, we're going to get a lot of basic stuff out. We're going to get a lot of standard packs out. But then, I mean, we're already talking about like loops. Um, okay. Beat, oh, yeah. We're, you know, we're like going to do some cool releasing stuff. Releasing beats, releasing yeah. grooves. release. So we're just getting started. And so I'm going to make the situation up. Chandon. Wait, what state were you from? Alabama. Mississippi. Mississippi. God. But roll tide, though. Roll tide. All right. <laughs> okay. So, hypothetically, Chandon's in Mississippi. How can he contact you to work on his music if he wants drums? How can he reach out to you? Uh, Luke, who else? Product at gmail.com. There you go. And uh, what socials do you use? Um, at Luke, who else? Instagram. There you go. Um, Facebook.com. 
slash LukeWells. Um, you can email LukeWells at gmail.com also. Um, there you go. But yeah, I've been, uh, since the pandemic, I mean, samples have taken off. Yep. Uh, doing remote recording for people has taken off. Yep. I did about 40 tracks in October, the end of September and through October till now. And I've got, you know, I think about another 10 songs already lined up for the next two weeks. Yep. So, so reach it's out. taking off. So you've fun. got Luke Social Chandon. Anything for you? Uh, just at Chandon Bangar on everything. Videography. Yeah, that's uh, also at Cab Creates. So yes, and for me, just my Instagram at Ricky Rod. Um, I don't really take any submissions for the studio. I just use it for fun stuff, for recording stuff. But uh, I do love you guys. Uh, this is gonna be a fun adventure. Maybe we can do this in the future. Like maybe six, seven months down the road, and be like, uh, it may be like, what the crap did we get ourselves into? I don't, I don't know. I don't. Know. I thought we could maybe do one on Sunday. <laughs> Saturday off Sunday. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We we do have uh, we do have a break coming up soon. But anyway, love you guys. This will wrap this up. So just remember, uh, Luke socials. We just heard chandons and of course if anybody has any questions uh just hit me up on instagram at ricky rod peace out